Hey, what's going on, Giants and Jets fans? Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap Giants and Jets podcast. Tuesday afternoon right now, uh, December the 12th, after two just, uh, wow. Like, what do you make of what just happened the past couple of days with the Jets and Giants? Certainly unexpected in a couple different ways. Of course, the Jets getting a, an unexpectedly really excellent performance from Zach Wilson and the Giants then uh, of course and and the Giants on Monday night against the Packers um and the Jets beating a, a good Houston team and then the Jet the, the Giants beating a, a pretty good Packer team in a legit win in in just stunning comeback fashion as the legend of Tommy DeVito grows he played steadily throughout the game made a great touchdown pass uh to Isaiah Hodgins and then of course led the game winning field goal drive throws the ball Four straight plays to start the drive, completes all four for 53 yards, the, and, and there the Giants go. Third straight win for the Giants. They are 5-8. and eight. The Jets also 5-8. and eight. And so the playoffs, you know, obviously there's a mathematical possibility, but you're talking slim still. But these teams clearly are going to try to keep winning. That's what they do um, for as much as we talked about the future. Earlier this year, the, it's for these teams, it's about trying to win. And that's what the Giants have done now. Three straight wins for the Giants. Uh, they uh, had just, this is just their third winning streak of three-plus games since 2016. They had one of four-game winning streak last season, one four-game winning streak in 2020. This one, a three-game winning streak. And that's it, since they won six straight in 2016. So the Giants head to the Saints. This weekend, the Jets head to the Dolphins this weekend. A couple cool road trips um, as the season winds down. The Jets, of course, breaking a five-game losing streak by beating the Texans. and it'll take, So a little bit of heat here off Robert Sala. A lot of heat off Robert Sala and uh, Brian Dable down the stretch of the season. We'll see how these teams finish out. But uh, that's where things are at. Right now, the, Gi the Giants have a 2% chance of making the playoffs. We'll get into the machinations of that. The Jets have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. Again, four games to go. That's where they're at. Um, but for the Jets fan, the Giant fan, uh, they'll take a positive here. Unless you're really fixated on draft position, um, they'll take you, you know, you'll take the positive and, and at the end of of, of, uh, of what's been a tough season. So Andy Vasquez, our Jets reporter, joining me as always. What's going on, man? Terrell, I'm offended that you said it was a surprise because the last thing I said on the podcast at the end of last week was that Zach Wilson will play well and the you Jets will it. win because it's the stupidest thing. It's always the stupidest outcome with the Jets. So um, you can guess what my pick is going to be this weekend. We'll get to that. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I just not to steal your thunder on the playoff conversation, but the, uh, the, the big difference between the Jets and Giants is that if the Giants keep winning, their percentage will go up drastically. If the Jets keep winning, if they finish the season four and oh, Five and zero, I guess, after winning against the Texans the other day, they'll still have like a fifteen percent chance of making the playoffs. So, so I think that's where these two teams teams are different. But imagine if the if Dable had let Devito throw in that second half against the Jets, the you know, the Jets would already be eliminated, and the Giants would be a whole lot closer to uh, calm. to being yeah, a, to being a playoff team. Graham Gano had made that field goal. Yep, um, a lot of course, the, things the go penalty. Both. You know, things go both ways. The, the Patriots missed a field goal that would have forced overtime against the Giants. So, uh, yeah, and the, and the penalty on, on Kayvon Thibodeau jumping offside uh, against the Jets. So it's been a year of certainly 
mixed weird luck, but a lot of bad weird luck mostly for for these teams. Um, but the Giants got then built. You know, I wouldn't say the, the Jets certainly didn't win in lucky fashion on Sunday. I mean, they they rolled a, a good Texan team, uh, thirty to six, and the Giants had some some things going their favor, but they they won in legit fashion at the end of that game with um, it just the cr- one of the craziest ends of games you'll you'll ever see. But we'll, we'll go big picture to start. And so here's where the playoff situation is for the Jets. They're 14th in, in the AFC pecking order at five and eight, right? As Andy mentioned, that's where they're at with four games to go. Um, if you run the it, it, with the New York Times, does a, you know, you can check and see what will happen. So if the Jets win this week, their playoff chances uh, will go up. And, well, it'll be 1%. Now they're less than one. Yeah. And then, then, as Andy said, uh, obviously, if you keep winning, your chances are going to go up. Well, what happens if the Jets win the next week against the Commanders? It'll be just 2%. Well, what happens if the Jets win in Week 17 at the Browns? Super hard game. Oh, it'll be just 6%. Okay. And then uh, and then if you close it out, if the Jets win out, as Andy said, it's, according to the New York Times here, 10%. So that's, that's a situation for the Jets. Like, they're almost – it would take an absolute miracle for them to make the playoffs. I think the same could certainly be said for the Giants – um, I know everyone's talking about this one game out thing, folks. This is not the same as baseball. It's not the same as being, well, let's like stop with this one game out stuff. The Packers currently <laughs> the last wild card. They're six and seven, right? The Packers do. The Giants have the head to head over the Packers. Okay, okay, good, right? Then from eight, nine, ten, and eleven, pecking order in the NFC, there's the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints. They're all six and seven. Okay. Then the Giants are the twelfth in the order at five and eight. Okay. The Giants still play the Rams and Saints, so they got a chance to get the head-to-head there. Uh, they do not play the Falcons. Uh, they lose the head-to-head to Seattle. So if Seattle and the Giants finish with the same exact record, it nothing else matters. The Giants cannot jump them. Obviously, the Vikings have the second-to-last wild card, that sixth seed at seven and six. But we're talking just about the last one for now. Um, so that's what needs. I mean, the Giants have four games left. They got two against the Eagles who are 10 and three and yeah, they're vulnerable, I guess maybe, but they've lost to two awesome teams the last couple of weeks. So um, we'll see what happens. The giants have to go to new Orleans and win obviously. Um, And then there, you'd think they'd have to win at least one game against the Eagles. Right. So if the giants find a way to go eight, nine, could they get in? I'm like, maybe, well, let's run it for the giants on, on the playoff. They're right now they're at 2%. That will go up if they win in New Orleans. It will go up to 5%. If they somehow beat the Eagles on Christmas Day in Philly, that goes up to about 20%. Uh, and then if you keep going to the Rams game, uh, that'll put you at 52%. And if the Giants somehow, some way, win out, their chances of making the playoffs are 91%. So certainly different than the Giant, than the Jets. Um, Those changed since this morning. That's crazy. Yeah, oh, they, they must have updated simulate. the models. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but – that's sort of where things are at right now. So, so for the giants, it's obviously it's one game at a time, whatever, whatever they got to go play a good uh, saints defense this week. Maybe the giants get Darren Waller back. That would help. Um, But yeah. So what do you, let's circle back to the jets. What do you make of Zach Wilson's play on Sunday? It's probably too little too late, right? Yeah. I mean, look, it doesn't matter until he strings together a second, good performance after the first one, which he's never done in his career. So, I mean, it does open the possibility, I would say, to him being back next year as a backup because he, for the first time in his entire career, has earned the respect of the locker room by going through everything he's gone through last year or and this year and then playing the way he did uh, and doing it twice this year because, remember, after all the nonsense when Joe Namath 
basically, you know, uh, there's not a good term for it. He just destroyed Zach Wilson back in after the week three loss to the Patriots. He comes out and dominates against the Chiefs and then wasn't able to back it up. And then after all of the stuff last week with the reports of, of him being reluctant to play, which sure make a lot of sense now when, when another report came out from his hometown newspaper, the Desiree, the Desiree News in Utah, that he had been told when he was benched last month for the third time by Robert Sala that the Jets would trade him after this season. So there was a mutual agreement, according to that report, which would come coming from a reporter or a columnist who'd been in the business since like 1978 and covered uh, more than one Wilson child. So, so you can speculate on the accuracy of that report, but it's probably accurate that, that Wilson was told that. Um, and Robert Sala and, didn't and go from that. there. Yeah. And Robert saw exactly Robert saw didn't tonight yesterday. Sorry. It's hard to keep all of this straight. So, um, that, that could have been exactly why Zach Wilson was reluctant. But anyway, I mean, you go through this wild week and then he runs out in the field and probably didn't expect to hear cheers, which did happen too. That's kind of, I think not just the, you know, the, um, the attitude of the fan base, but I know it's a lot the attitude in the locker room where it's almost like he's become a sympathetic figure or not even a sympathetic figure in the locker room. He's kind of like a testament to, you know, everything that he's been able to overcome and, and his resilience, you know, it's, it's impressive to just about anybody in there, even the guys who have previously, you know, not had his back clearly have his back now. So it's interesting. I think there is an avenue to him coming back here next year as, as really? the backup. And I really do because like, well, he has to play, like he plays well the last four games. I mean, again, it's the thing about him is you see why he was drafted number two. He does have the arm talent. I don't, I'm not saying he could be a good quarterback, but like, I'm just talking about next year. It just makes sense. It would make a lot more sense for him to be on the roster than not. Right. Because of the dead money. If you cut him, uh, the, the the difficulty in finding a viable backup and, you know, what are they going to get from him in a trade? So if he plays well, they probably could get something good for him in a trade and in a way it would make him less likely. But anyway, I broke down the the kind of the three most likely slash unlikely scenarios. The, the most unlikely being the Jets picking up his fifth-year option this, this morning on Tuesday morning on mj.com slash Jets. So go check that out. But um, – yeah, dude, I don't think it's like out of the question, but of course he has to play well for the last four games. And that's, that's also a huge stretch. Is that likely given everything we've seen? No, but I just would say like, that's the only thing you can take. And maybe like, I'm too deep in the, the woods on this, but like what I'm trying to say is like, he's proven nothing yet, but you can now see like an avenue given what he's overcome this year. So like, maybe, maybe he could be back here next year. And Robert Sala didn't close the door on, on Zach being, back next year but I, I still think it's less than likely i still think if, if he plays well he comes back as like the backup and then in training camp they deal him when another team needs a quarterback like i think ultimately he's going to get traded i'd say like 95 percent. that's what's going to happen but for the first time like it would actually not be crazy if he plays well to bring him back as the backup next year right. i know that sounds crazy but that that's just me um so obviously still for the Jets as they close it out here and, and, you know, really they are playing out the string and yeah, we're not going to talk about playoffs for the Jets. It's not Zach Wilson still playing out the string and uh, as well, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Patriots, and we'll see, we'll see how it finishes and you know, whatever, if 
highly unlikely that Aaron Rodgers comes back. The bottom line is they're probably losing to Miami this week. But, you know, crazier things have happened, uh, like the Dolphins losing that game to the Titans last night in, in just colossal choke fashion. Um, and, of course, as simultaneous, essentially, to that, in the other Monday night game, Jets-Packers, or Giants-Packers, uh, I mean, just the wildest ending. And if you can pro- really process how that all went down, uh, the Giants were getting ready to ice what would have been a 21-16 win. Um, they had a um, huge stand in, in – the, so the Giants were up 21-16, and Deontay Banks had a huge breakup on third and 10 uh, on a deep play. play. Uh, amazing. And yeah. um, then they settled for the field goal the Packers do. And the, sorry, the Giants were up 21 13. And then the Packers settled for the field goal after the Banks breakup. You know, at, at that point, there's five and a half minutes left in the game. Giants are up by five. Okay. So, you know, let's see. Can they ice the game? They're on their way to doing it. Saquon Barkley was like basically heading for the end zone, essentially, uh, breaks off a, a 34 yard run, but fumbles. It <laughs> uh, wasn't even touched. Trips, falls, fumbles, untouched at the Packer. What? insider 20 and then the Packers bring it back for what's basically a gimme touchdown drive starting at the Giants 36 and the Giants almost do stop them um Jordan Love goes twice to Heath uh on back-to-back plays second and goal third and goal it, it was four down territory anyway at that point um and it was they get a six-yard touchdown right so then but but hugely that Giants stopped them from the two-point conversion, right? So that would have made, and now you're talking a minute 33 left, right? So what a crazy turn of events in really everything that happened from the Deontay Banks breakup of five and a half minutes left, then the Saquon Barkley fumble with three and a half minutes left, and then the touchdown by the Packers with a minute and a half left to go up 22 to 21 after the missed two-point conversion. Again, huge, because now the Giants can win it with a field goal instead of tie it. So, So they take over. Uh, DeVito and company at their own 25 minute, 30 left. And he goes one, two, three, four straight passes, seven, nine, 30, uh, five, seven, nine, 32. And all of a sudden they're at their own, they're at the Packer 22. And it's like, my goodness, now it's, now it's totally legit field goal opportunity. And that's what, what winds up happening. They get to the Packer 22 with 42 seconds left. And the legend of Tommy DeVito grows <laughs> because Randy Bullock connects with a 37-yard field goal. I mean, that Barkley fumble would have been one of the most brutal ways to lose a game you could ever possibly think of. Like, um, just unfathomable. <laughs> and because really they would have iced the game with a field goal, right? Because if they're up 21-16, uh, they wouldn't have necessarily been able to run the clock out. But at the worst, you take you get a field goal there and you're up by what eight okay so eight, that's yeah right um so you can't lose in regulation at that point it wouldn't have totally iced the game but essentially it, it would have maybe they score a touchdown and legit ice the game at that point but yeah. barkley gets bailed out by devito um of course barkley had a seven yard catch on the second play of that drive so he he certainly played his part in in, <sighs> in the big drive there at the end um got him a little closer from the 22 with a four yard run to the 18 and uh you know look i I, I worth this is a fascinating end of the game. I didn't think we'd be sitting here on December the 12th talking about how the ins and outs of how a giant the Giants won the game uh to improve to five and eight, but it was just that crazy. And um DeVito played great in the last drive. He had a great touchdown pass 
uh, to Isaiah Hodgins. He's had a 100-plus quarterback rating in, in these last three games in the three-game winning streak, which, as we mentioned, is super rare for the Giants recently uh, in terms of the three-game winning streak. But their defense just continues to play really, really well. I mean, they have 10 takeaways on defense last three games. I mean, that's that's impressive stuff. So they've, they've, they've lifted them up, and they're going to need to do it against a good Saints team uh, that has a good defense. I can't imagine the Giants scoring a bunch of points in this game. So, look, the, the the Giant defense is not the Jet defense, which is second in the league, but the Giants now up to 18. It's in PFF while the Jets are second. So I just certain, certainly takes takes some of the – takes away some of that, like, tension talk about from Wink Wyndale and Brian Dable. I don't I mean maybe Dable's – or Martindale's gone anyway, but um, it's amazing – not really amazing, but just notable that, like, winning kind of really does cure everything. Uh, sure. I was thinking about that today, that old – Tiger Woods ad after all the scandal, uh, you know, he comes oh, back yeah. the next year and it was like winning, winning fixes everything. I was like, it does. And I thought like it was really interesting in that game, not just the way that fumble happened with Saquon and you were in the building, so you can speak to the energy, but like the bizarre nature of the return and the, just the yeah. call, the, con- the contra, like the fact that not only was it a, a brutal enough Thing that the Packers got the ball back, but they were able to advance at 50 yards. I mean, what was that like in the stadium as that played out and yeah, kind of the Everyone aftermath? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like every I think even there was a lot of Packer fans there, and clearly, you know, clearly a bunch of Giants fans had sold off their tickets a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, everyone was just kind of like, what is going on? Was he down? Could he possibly have been down? Was he touched? Well, he was definitely down, but he he hadn't been touched. And so everyone was just kind of confused and bewildered about what, and I think some of the Giants players in the field were even like, wait, what's going on? And the play was still going. Um, it was one of the weirdest things I've seen covering a game in a long time. And um, yeah, just, just really, really strange. And you, you know, you don't expect to have from Saquon Barkley is such a huge bonehead. Third, Not yet. Third, third ever, right? This third ever lost fumble. Is that right? Yeah. Well, That's I, what they said on the broadcast last night. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah. So. Um, and to lose and the it. other thing I thought was interesting. But it, it was rendered a footnote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, that that ends up being this play. You think like, oh my gosh, we'll be talking about that forever. And no, no, we won't because it's it's over. And also interesting what you said about the Giants' defense um, with the turnover. Because I think the Packers had gone two straight games without a single turnover, and then you had I think it was all basically on back to back plays or three plays. They had two turnovers there at one stretch. So. Uh, yeah, it was that 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 was exactly what the the doctor ordered for Dable and Wink and, and the Giants. Much like with the Jets, you know, I mean, what what else can you say other than that? I've criticized Robert Sala a lot. You've criticized Dable, uh, but the fact that these teams are still winning games against good teams and and legitimately, it's not like fluking out. It is you you have to give these coaches credit for that, in my mind, anyway. A hundred percent. I would say, you know, the Giants dealt with some late season adversity last year. Everyone will remember, you know, they started seven and two and then they really hit the skids there and loss, loss, tie, loss. They go to then they go down to Washington week eight week, uh, December 18th last year, week 15. They're seven, five and one and they get an enormous win. Now they got a little lucky on the no call and Darnay Holmes in the end zone. uh, But that put them on the brink of clinching a playoff spot. And so this team clearly has shown the ability to rally for Dable in situations where, yeah, the playoffs were certainly more of a hope last year than they are this year. And, you know, the players are happy to crow about their 
playoff chances after lock in the locker room after Monday night's game. They were happy to do that, but um, which is fine. Uh, but this team has shown the ability to play hard for, and that's what you look for, even in a lost season like this, especially if you're the owner, right? Is, is the team folding or not? And that's what I think Robert Sala, they were teetering on just that. I think then at least the perception, the optics of like, if another loss, he had to stop the bleeding and, and they did. Now um, let's say they lose out. Does he, does he stick? Yeah, I think, I think that was it because you don't, Something has to change if you lose 10 straight to end the season after losing six straight. Um, another interesting stat from last night is I think that was the first loss for LaFleur in December. And Salah got his, who's obviously, who's notably really good friends with Matt LaFleur after firing his, uh, his younger brother as his offensive coordinator. But Salah had won only a second game in December the, the other day. So, or t- the day before on the same field. So kind of, the dichotomy, like I don't think you get away with that. Even even though the Jets seem intent on bringing them back, like it it something is going to have to give if you lose ten straight games to end the season. So yeah, even, even I do I do come back. Yeah, I do think it's I do think like it ends that conversation. I think that's and I also think that's why you saw a freaked out Robert Sala last week because he's starting to realize like oh my god. <laughs> I got a free pass the next year and I might not even be able to take it because we might lose 10 straight to end the season. So uh, I do think it takes, you know, the heat off of, off of him. Even, even if the jets were, you know, confident that he was going to stay anyway, like I think something would have had to give if they lost 10 straight. Now I really do think they'll run it back and basically be like, yeah, oh, it was on, we didn't have Rogers and we'll see what it's like with Rogers. Yeah. And, um, We'll see about offseason changes for the Giants coaching staff. I think those are all still very much on the table. Um, the Giants now, you know, they beat the – you sort of look at the DeVito thing and the Giants thing. They they beat the Commanders and the Patriots who are just dreadful, and it's sort of like, yeah, so what? Well, then last night they got a legit win and, a not, like you said, non-fluky win over a good team, just like the Jets did on Sunday. So, like, a couple really positive days for these teams, and the Giants the rest of the way have to play good to very good teams well. One very good team twice in the Eagles. And I'm not buying that, you know, the fact that the 49ers and Cowboys pounded the Eagles leads much into the, you know, the notion that the Giants could upset them. I, I just don't see the Giants beating the Eagles. I mean, just look at the rosters. I mean, and the Giants also lost and got creamed twice by the Cowboys and once by the uh, 49ers, right? So the teams that beat the the the, the uh, Eagles big also beat the Giants big. And so... Uh, the Giants closing out against Saints then the at the Eagles on Christmas Day. So two back-to-back road games uh, against a good team and a very good team. And then home against the Rams, who are showing they're pretty good. And then then the home against the Eagles, who are not going to be resting their starters in Week 18 because they're still going to be fighting for stuff, uh, whether it's the division or the number one seed. And so that's where the Giants are at. The schedule is tough. The Jets' schedule... They play a tough Dolphins team this week, a, a really talented offense, and then they play the Commanders at home. The Giants can, the Jets can easily win that game. Then at the Browns, and oh, the Browns' defense is so nasty, I just don't see the Jets winning that game. And then they close at, and this is a fascinating game. I don't care if both teams are out, and Patriots are already out of it. If the if the Jets can, I don't, I don't care how bad the Patriots are. If the Jets can close the season with a win in new England, 
that is I, okay. The Jets, I mean, the the Patriots have beaten the Jets every matchup since what the second one of 2015. So how many is that now? Do you know off the top of your head? I'll count it here. Fifteen. Yeah, seven, eight. It's, it'll be eight. It'll be sixteen after this year because it's seven, seven and a half years. But it's fifteen. So it's fifteen right now, and mm-hmm. they have not won in New England since the divisional round game, the can't wait game, right? Yeah, I think the regular season, it's 2008. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm fairly certain. And yeah, their last game in in New England was, their last win in New England ended with Bart Scott screaming at Sal Palantonio on the field, yes. Yeah, 12 straight losses in New England dating to January of 2011. And so... uh, there you go. Yeah, but with that's a, that's quite a bit ahead. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll do, do this kind of a relatively quick one for us because uh, we both have some stuff to take care of today. Um, I will say this just because of what you said. That would be the best way. I think like more meaningful. I, you know, the Jets winning in Miami this weekend and winning at New England. If they can somehow do that, it would be a huge sign of progress because they haven't won in Miami since. 2015 and like you said 2011 since new england just to move past that baggage would would be huge for sure for sure in in the more immediate future though let's let's talk this weekend briefly uh jets or giants at saints so this saints defense is 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 really good uh seventh in pff fifth in coverage it's gonna be a challenge for tommy devito um and it's a loud place to play uh i know the saints are not great uh they did beat the Panthers last week. Who cares to stop their struggles a little bit? The, the same struggles. Um, always a great place to go see a game. Great city. One of the best, maybe the best city in America. Um, pound for pound. And you can get a, gain a lot of pounds there. So um, I think the Saints win this game. I think it'll be, let's call it 20 to 14. Giants will sort of show some fight. Won't score enough points. How do you see it? Yeah, I think the Giants are going to win because I just think it's going to keep going. I, I just have a feeling. I think they're going to gut out like a 14-11 win. That's what that's what I'm going to pick. 14. Wow, okay. Giants 14, Saints 11. The magic would stay alive. We'll, the Giants would have we'll a score game, four-game winning streak. And then the Giants would go on Christmas Day to Philadelphia trying for their longest winning streak since 2016. Their longest winning streak in seven years uh, since the first Ben McAdoo year, which seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, also let you start on the Jet Dolphins pick. Yeah, um, I hate to pick the Jets because wow, I just so I hate to pick the Jets, but I just really it all it all makes too much sense going to my my one my first my first question, which is always what's the craziest stupidest thing that could happen? And the Jets winning this week, and then all of the Aaron Rodgers talk being launched, like oh they kind of have a chance, and he's always wanted to come back on Christmas Eve. I mean, none of that makes sense because if they win this week, it means Zach Wilson plays well, and why would you bench? your quarterback when he's playing well for a guy who's coming off of Achilles surgery and has admitted he's not going to be a hundred percent. And it's, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but still, but anyway, nothing with the jets makes sense. And then you got Miami terrible loss on Monday night. They're not as good as everybody says they are, especially, you know, down there, they get a lot of love, but they're, they're just not, they're not like one of the best teams in football. Like overall, I, I just don't see it. I know their defense has gotten better since Jalen Ramsey came back, and I know it's going to be hard for the Jets, but I think the Jets' defense is going to be motivated. And Miami has, I think, one starting offensive lineman left, and you saw what the Jets just did to a Texans front that has done a pretty good job of kind of dealing with being makeshift. Well, Miami's going to be in the same boat, and I think it's going to be a rough day. So I, I think the Jets are going to win that game. 
Oh, I haven't thought of the scores, but I will say 13 to 10 Jets and wow. get their first win down there in a, in a long time. It just makes too much sense. It, you know, it's it's probably too late for it to mean anything, but it'll relaunch all the Rodgers, you know, drama. And I just think it, it just it just makes it just feels right now. I could be totally wrong, but they, they may not score if Zach Wilson goes back to what he was. But I just I just think they're going to find a way to go down there and win. Goodness gracious. I mean, 10 points for uh, the Dolphins are second overall in PFS ratings. They're second in offense and in defense, they're fourth. Really good team, nine and four. They showed some flaws, as you mentioned, banged up. I don't see the Jets holding them to 10 points. I think the Jet defense will play pretty well, but I think you're looking at, let's call it 21 for the Dolphins and um, 10 for the Jets. So it'll be one of those where the defense plays reasonably well against a really good offense, but not enough. So with that, we'll leave it, and uh, we appreciate everyone listening. As always, be sure to check us out at nj.com slash jets, nj.com slash giants, and then, uh, uh, as always, like, rate, review, subscribe on all your favorite podcasting platforms. We appreciate everybody uh, listening, and we'll be back as usual. We'll do another one, as always, on Tuesday in the afternoon, maybe in the evening. I'll be coming back from New Orleans on Monday, Andy as well from Miami. A couple great trips, a couple great places to be in December. Uh, so if anyone is, is making this trip, what a, what a great pre-Christmas trip to do for either of these trips to get, a, to get one in. Um, and at the Dolphin stadium, a, a, an, actually a nicer place to see it's in a crummy location, but a nicer place to see a game. They put the coverings that kind of made it look like a European soccer stadium a couple of years ago. So you get a little bit more shade than you used to there at old Joe Robbie, uh, which is still the same building. So, and the, the Superdome, of course, a lot, a lot, a lot of history there, good and bad. Uh, sports wise and of course uh, American history too as we all know so um, thanks everybody have a great uh, week and have a great weekend if you either if you either are or are are not going to the to the games and then circling back after that it'll be uh, it'll be Giants on Christmas Day so regular rest for the Eagles coming off a Monday night against the Seahawks because Christmas is a Monday this year and then Christmas Eve home game Cowboys. Uh nope, that's wrong. I looked at looked at the wrong schedule. The Jet game on Christmas weekend uh is Commanders. Commanders. Thank you. Christmas Eve afternoon home game Commanders winnable one. But first, the two big road trips this weekend are two certainly interesting ones. Uh we'll see how interesting these teams make it. Uh but until then, we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>